Well, good morning and welcome. This past Sunday, I preached about the Transfiguration. And in that scripture, for just a moment, the disciples see Jesus as he really is, full of life and light on the mountaintop. And then it all ends. The vision evaporates, everything goes back to normal, and then they have to walk back down the mountain and toward the cross. And we can think of Lent as that descent. Lent is the path down the mountain, back into normal, through the valley of the shadow of death and toward the cross. It's an annual journey, a pilgrimage we make, and the way is hard. But today, what I want us to remember most about Lent is that this journey is going somewhere, and that somewhere is Easter. Lent is always taking us to Easter, to resurrection, to the risen life of Jesus that is now open to us, that is now making all things new. And originally, Lent was the time that the early church prepared new Christians for baptism on Easter. So it was this time of really intense formation so that these new followers of Jesus would have everything they needed, the spiritual habits, the understanding, so that when they emerged from the waters of baptism, they would be ready to walk into the resurrection life that Jesus was opening up to them. But most of us are already baptized. Most of us have already put our trust in Jesus. That's why we're at church on a Wednesday. The abundant life and kingdom of Jesus are already ours. Easter is this already reality in our lives. So what is the point of Lent for us now? Why go on this Lenten journey at all? Why add more hardship, more deprivation to our lives? What's the point of these disciplines of giving and praying and fasting that today's gospel passage describes? Well, Jesus tells us over and over, He says, your father who sees in secret will reward you. Three times Jesus promises the father's reward as a reason for giving, a reason for praying, a reason for fasting, as the why behind these disciplines. And we often think of God's rewards as being over there in heaven. It's easy to imagine that treasure in heaven is sort of like this bank vault full of gold in a faraway place, and that every little undane, mundane act of faithfulness in this life is making deposits into that vault that we will access someday. And in a way, that is true. But if Jesus has already been born and crucified and resurrected, then the kingdom of heaven has come here. It has broken into our reality. It's not waiting for us to get there. The bank vault has already been opened and its treasures are ours. Ours by right through our baptism, 
ours by grace through faith in the finished work of Jesus. Our second Corinthians passage said, we have been reconciled to God. For our sake, God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So there's a nearness and a nowness to the Father's rewards. The Father who has already declared us reconciled and righteous has already opened up his storehouses to us. So maybe when Jesus says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also, is not just about depositing treasure into a faraway vault. Maybe it's also about depositing our hearts into the here and now treasure and reward of God's life with us. A life that perhaps we've forgotten, or perhaps we've never even really tasted. Well, today's gospel passage describes three practices, giving to the needy, praying, and fasting. And these are the three traditional spiritual disciplines of Lent. In this very basic way, they get to our core stuff, what we do with our money, what we do with our time and words and thoughts, and what we do with our bodies. And Jesus doesn't command these disciplines. He simply assumes the disciples will be doing them. When you give, when you pray, when you fast. His instructions here are about their posture, their inward desires and attitudes as they do these things. Because he says there's a way of doing these disciplines that is totally meaningless. Where the only reward you're going to get is the attention and praise of other people. And if you want that, it will be yours. But he says there is another way. There is a way of practicing these disciplines that opens up space in us to receive the generous and inexhaustible reward of the Father that enlarges our capacity to receive the reward of his presence, the reward of a deeper awareness of his love, to experience the newness and abundance of resurrection life in his kingdom, here and now. And that's the point of Lent and of whatever disciplines we take on in this season. It's not to lay heavy burdens on our backs. Jesus had really harsh words about people who do that. And it's not to form us into people who are just really good at punishing ourselves or judging others. It's not to constrain us, but to free us. It's to wake us up to the kingdom life that is already ours. Lent is always taking us to Easter. And not just to Easter Day, but to the here and now day by day, more and more Easter reality throughout our lives, year after year. This Lenten journey is not a demand. It is not a burden. It's a gracious invitation. And so I invite us to a holy Lent, a Lent that we will live out mostly in hidden ways, in the inward things that our hearts treasure 
and that only God sees. So I invite you and me to strip away some of the noise and the clutter in our life and to give God access to those hidden places. I invite you to let yourself be seen by God, to be really seen as you really are, so that in that same moment, you discover God's mercy waiting there for you. If you're curious how you might practice a new discipline this Lent, how you might make something work for you, come and talk to me or Katie. And as a church, we'll do some things together. During Lent, we give money away. We shake up our liturgy a little bit. Things get quieter. We confess and lament more. There are more silences. We stop saying alleluia. We're going to be preaching and on listening and looking for God during Lent. Learning to hear and recognize the sound of God's voice and the feel of his presence. And today, together, we'll take ashes on our forehead. We'll mark ourselves as people of the cross. We'll say this is not a community of the triumphant and the powerful. This is a community of the frail and limited and dying. And we're going on a journey together. We need this. We need Lent. We need this annual stripping away and giving up and making space for our weary souls that have almost forgotten what life with God is like. The Orthodox theologian Alexander Schmemann puts it this way. He says, all the time we lose and betray the new life which we received as a gift. And in fact, we live as if Christ did not rise from the dead, as if that unique event had no meaning for us. All this because of the impossibility of us to live constantly by faith, hope, and love on that level to which Christ raised us when he said, seek first the kingdom. We simply forget all this. So busy we are, so immersed in daily preoccupation. And because we forget, we fail. Our life becomes old, petty, dark, meaningless, a meaningless journey to a meaningless end. We may from time to time confess our various sins, but we cease to refer our life to that new life which Christ revealed and gave us. Indeed, we live as if he never came. This is the only real sin, the sin of all sins, the bottomless sadness and tragedy of our nominal Christianity. How can we love and desire something we do not know? How can we put above everything else in our life something we have not seen and enjoyed? How can we seek a kingdom of which we have no idea? Well, this Lent, I pray that we would begin to have an idea. May the Lord enlarge us and remind us and wake us up 
and make us spacious. Amen.